This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. It's DJ here with Matthew Jacoby and uh, welcome to Thrive Perspectives. Episode 20, by the way, this is our 20th episode. Politics part two. I, I opened up our last episode, Matt, saying that I was sweating because we talked about politics. We've talked about every other issue under the sun. Politics gets very, very scary. Um, and listening back to our last episode, episode 19, I feel like I need to, I owe people a bit of an apology. And there's, we've got two different camps of listeners here to Thrive Perspectives and Thrive Deeper. Mm-hmm. Those people that love it when we have a robust discussion between the two of us, like, yep. you know, the mates yep. that we are. And then there's a group of other people that really want me to shut up all the time okay. and let you speak. <laughs> <laughs> and and sometimes, depending on the subject matter, I'm with those people saying, shut up, DJ, let Matt speak. Listening to the no, last... I, I, I like the discussion is the, uh, <laughs> is, is the thing that gets me going. It's great. Well, the last episode, I, I talked a lot last episode about the politics and I didn't realise... I should have gone into it realising, you know, we've both got a lot to say on this subject yeah, because, yeah, yeah, because totally. it's something that we're both, we both deal with in different ways. Mm. And and I'd love to open up. So to, so to, I, I want to say, go back and listen to the last episode if you missed out on politics part one. Mm-hmm. To give everybody a quick summary of that one, we spent all episode giving a groundwork of how the Christian should view basically the earthly dealings of this earth because we're part of the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's right. That, you know? That's an I mean, and and I think that um, that's the the basis uh, is going back to the teaching of Jesus. We're yeah. Christians, okay? So we go back to the teaching of Jesus, and we ask ourselves, okay, so what's the plan? What's the plan? Yeah. And uh, in the first century, the Jews had a plan of what they thought the kingdom of God looked like, mm-hmm. and it it looked like um, a, a military political messiah coming and imposing a system. Yeah. Uh, on the earth mm. and Jesus point was no no that's not the way it's going to work the kingdom of God isn't going to be like that uh, the teaching uh, very uh, explicit in the teaching throughout the Sermon on the Mount uh, you know but also in his teaching on the kingdom in the parables the kingdom of God is like yeast that works through the dough it's like a little seed yes pushed down into the soil and it gradually incrementally grows into a great into a great tree uh so so the kingdom of movement is like this um is like this powerful movement of god's spirit it's not a political movement it's it's a uh, it 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 has impact it will have inevitably have impact on every part of life including politics amen Big uh, un- underscore that. Yes. So we're not we're not saying politics is irrelevant at any point no. uh, in this. We're just saying it's not the main game. The, the, the kingdom of God operates at a much deeper, or however you want to um, uh, frame it, you know, or, or higher level. Yes, um, or, or both. Yeah, that's right. And I think the key point that that we uh, and the other key. Po- so that's the first thing about the teaching of Jesus that the kingdom of God is is a a process in which people's lives are transformed. Actually, people's hearts are transformed because the understanding there is that the real problem in the world is the is the corrupt nature of the human heart. The, and, and and again, you've seen this in you know paraphrasing different you know people in your bumper stickers and t-shirts and everything like this. The main thing is the main thing. Yeah, that's right. And the main thing, if, if we look at the reality that we we say that. 
that the Bible teaches, if we look at the reality that we say that we believe in as, as Christians, the reality is this is a broken world. Yeah. The only thing that will save us in every level yeah. is Jesus Christ and the gospel. Yeah. Everything else pales in comparison. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it's not it's not on a list of important things, Jesus is number one. Yeah. There's a list of important things and on a completely different realm yeah. there's Jesus. Right. <laughs> the right. important things don't even compare is not even in comparison yeah. to Be- because because Jesus and, and the work of Christ in the lives of people, the transforming work by the Holy Spirit, yeah. that's the answer, right? That's the answer. And mm-hmm. and the thing is, the the that is, you know, it's a spiritual problem mm-hmm. and and Jesus working in our lives by the Holy Spirit is that deals with that spiritual problem. Mm. And um, it's interesting to note that every, what, no matter what political system you can think of, it's always going to, no matter how ideal you think it is, it's going to be undermined by human nature. Every time. Like it's just not going to work. And on the other hand, if, um, you know, in, if we were the way that we should be, yeah. almost any political system could work. You know, it's yeah, like, exactly, it's like, exactly, uh, exactly. So, so, you know, we need to, Remember that the fundamental problem is this uh, is this in- internal spiritual problem, and that's the business of uh, that's the business that we need to be in. We, we're in the business of seeing God transform the world mm. inside out mm. um, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, working through of what us, Jesus working through done. His church. That, yeah, that's right. Working through His church. That's yeah. very important. And and you know, and this is the core business of the church. It's, yeah. it's gospel. It's gospel centered. Now. Of course, it has, as again, I'm going to say it has an impact on every other aspect of life. Yeah. But here's the thing is that, and Jesus, this is what comes out, you know, I mean, people struggled with this in the first century. What we can, how is that? That doesn't seem like a solution, you know, because they thought, and there's an impatience in human nature. We're just going to make it happen, right? We're just going to enforce it, bang, over the top, make it all happen. And what um, the... Jews in the first century, they wanted to see the kingdom of God come in a sort of instantaneous revolution. Let's just turn the whole thing upside down. Let's just make it all happen now. Jesus is saying, no, um, it's going to be a long, slow, incremental process because it's life by life, you know. And and there is this thing in human nature that's always impatient. And, and I think Jesus knew that there would be this constant temptation to veer away from that gospel focus plan you know the classic example is in matthew 16 you know where jesus explains that uh having uh peter has declared jesus to be the messiah at caesarea philippi and yes you are the messiah the son of the living god great we've got that straight but he still has skewed ideas of what being the messiah actually is because when jesus explains that that his kingdom is one of death yeah, so he and, says and, he said yeah, the yeah. Son of Man is going to suffer, and <laughs> and Peter's Peter says, no, no, that's not the plan, oh. uh, you know, because he's Peter is still in in his mind has this, you know, he's going to be the king that imposes the kingdom, yeah. and it's interesting that when Peter says no, this should never ever happen, that's mm. not the way we're going, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, and he says, you are a hindrance oh. to me, so if we don't get on the right plan, we are actually. It's not just neutral. We actually become a hindrance. Can we? Ju- can I just make a point here? Thank God 
when I when I get to heaven, one of the per- people I'm looking forward to hugging the most is Peter, and I'm <laughs> yeah, going to be like, "Thank yeah. you, Peter, because you are me." So often, yeah, yeah. so often, in the same way, in the, a little bit of a rabbit rabbit trail, not really, but in that same element, there's so many so many illustrations of Peter doing that, of missing what is going on, yeah. and one that I've just been reading and meditating on is about the transfiguration. Yeah, you know, he gets a glimpse into the other side of of yeah. reality, into the real reality, and Peter. Response is let's build some tents. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you know, great. Like, and, look, and, and it is, and and, and the, the tendency is something that we see right through history. Is this there's something within us that wants to build a human kingdom instead of exactly. instead of the kingdom of God, yeah. and uh, and we see this. I mean, we see it after uh, Constantine becomes a, a Christian in 312, uh, or professedly becomes a Christian, and and that kind of goes okay for a while but then later that century under Justinian you know uh, Christianity is imposed by law yeah, yeah. Uh, paganism is outlawed and you actually get the be- what you get there is the beginnings of Christendom and I'm going to make a very important All right, uh, this distinction is good, here this is a good um, definition of words Christendom. Yeah, so Christianity is basically the mission of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That's let's, you know, it's the kingdom, it's the kingdom mission of Jesus. That's yeah. Christianity. Christendom is essentially the a, a politicized form of of Christianity. Yep. It's like Christianity as a political uh, kind of entity, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um what you see and um, that's what you see under Justinian, you see the beginnings of the establishment of Christendom where Christianity becomes the official religion. It, it it's put into policy. Uh, it is basically enforced. Basically, you're saying that we have a kingdom here on earth, and it is a Christian kingdom. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah. like the kingdom we're built, like we're physically, politically, <clears throat> yep. government is a Christian kingdom. This is the rule. You yeah, know, that's right. Now, and it's inter- interesting to note. Um, historically, that wherever Christendom has mm. been established, <laughs> Christianity, the, the actual spread of the gospel yes. and the power of the gospel yes. actually starts to slow down quite markedly. Yeah. So, for example, um, and, and see, this is important because, again, we, we keep reverting to wanting to create Christendom. We want to just impose it all, you know, let's just impose it. Uh, and, and, and let's win the political battle. And this is an important thread of history and thread in the Bible itself is that humanity, one of our desires is to see in, you know, is to be ruled by the things that we believe in. You know, it's that same drive that had Peter saying, no, no, you need to be king now, Jesus. The same drive that we see in different people all throughout the history. We've, you know, both in the, you know, Old Testament and the New Testament and even in our, you know, the last 2000 years of history, That drive is still there, and I believe it is still there amongst a lot of political factions who are fighting for, you know, in in Christians, you know, who are fighting for a particular political way because they believe that that is the way that the kingdom is supposed to happen here on earth. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about, because there's lots of, well, what about this and what about that? So I'm just, I'm framing, I'm I'm trying to point out here that whenever, whenever the church has gotten sort of waylaid from the main plan, okay? And and whenever Christianity has become Christendom, it slowed down things massively. So, in fact, um, really, from the time of Justinian when when Christianity, I mean, it it didn't happen straight away, but after a while, the whole thing just became this solid, 
unmovable kind yeah. of thing. And, yeah. and, the, and the spread actually was greatly inhibited. Now, there's still some great stuff happening out in the outlining areas. Yes. You know, it was interesting because the spread was always where Christendom wasn't. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and we see the same thing, actually. Another classic example is Europe, you yeah. know, where, um, where Christianity, again, was legislated. It was, I mean, he, you know, her, even heresy, even mm. doctrinal heresies were mm. outlawed mm. In, in many nation states. Mm. Um, you know, and again, because, you know, th- this I think, this is why we have to think twice when we think, okay, I believe this, it needs to be enshrined in law. Yeah. Uh, okay, hang on. Well, I mean... The, the greatest transgression really is not letting God be God, is not acknowledging God as God. Yes. So, so if that's the highest and the most wrong, wrong thing, mm-hmm. then well, imagine what it would be like then if we took this desire to um, enshrine all of our values in policy. Well, let's say we enshrine that, so it became illegal to be an atheist. Well, you know what? There have been times and places in history where that has been the case. And there still are. And there still are. And there still are in different yeah. religious groups that yeah. are controlling countries yeah. around the world. Okay, so now how does that work? Does that, you know, does that create a Christian society? Yeah. Well, uh, well, they thought it would. And, yeah. and in Europe, you know, there, there are countries in Europe where to become a citizen, you had to be baptised by the church. Wow. You know, so, so ch- you know, church and state were very much sort of one and the same thing. And, um, and it's in those very places that... Today, mm. Christianity is at its lowest ebb, mm. like going absolutely nuts in places mm. like China, yeah. where the government is has been against it. Yeah, uh, and yet, so going like wildfire there, but in places like Europe, where it has been actually enforced by law in the past, yeah, it it's the, it's now the most pagan uh, pa- pagan place in the world. And I, 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 one classic example, and you know, as you know, I did my uh, my doctoral research on Kierkegaard. Soren yeah. Kierkegaard is a Danish pietist, Christian pietist philosopher. Yeah, and he uh, in Denmark was one of these countries where you had to be baptized to be a citizen. It was a Christian country, and you know, Kierkegaard says it's very difficult to become a Christian when you already are one. <laughs> and his complaint was is that people weren't becoming Christians because they thought that they already were, or yeah. there's this kind of resentment against it because it's just enforced yeah yeah and and actually that uh is what i sense because i have family in europe and there's this there's this resentment against the church there's a different kind of resentment yeah you know because you know you can't be you can't be married or buried or whatever by the church unless you pay a certain church taxes it's all of this uh you know because the church and the government are well they have in the past and there's still remnants of that and so there's there's this um this really bad feeling, lingering bad feeling there mm. uh, about this. And, and, and as I said, I mean, it, it, to this day, they are the least Christian places mm. uh, in the world where, where Christianity has been enforced. So we need to be very careful about thinking that I believe this, yes. therefore it needs to be enforced in policy. Mm. Uh, now, I'm not saying that, that we'll get into the you know yeah. some of the complexities in a moment, but we just need to... Just take a breath, yes, and just think about that. Yeah, uh, and, and, yeah. and and again to bring that bring it all back. The reason why Matt, you're making this a point right at the beginning, is to slow our roll. Basically, yeah. is to go. Hang on, let's be mindful of history. Yeah. Let's be mindful of what happens when, for the right, for, for sometimes for the very right reasons, Christians got their way. Yeah, and all of the government became Christians, and yeah. everyone wanted everyone to become a Christian. Well, what actually happens here? I, I want to. I want to get into some definitions. Yeah. I want to get into some definitions first because we've had some questions about definitions. Yeah. 
but I also want to get into... Um, now, we'll get into the definitions yeah, first. Yeah. There's another point I want to get into, really important point that we'll get back about Christendom. Mm. Um, a lot of questions have come out and, 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 and it's still always surprised me because I've only for a little while I've been a student of politics and people get confused about the right or the left if we, say, if we mention yeah. right or left. And we're not really yeah. going to be arguing one way or the other, of course. Yeah. But uh, just, to, just to let you know, a really, um, a really uh, shorthand um, uh, painting with a very wide brush, left mm. and right, the left is usually seen as the more progressive post-church type of movement. You know, today, today, well, even let's let's go back traditionally. The left and the right. Do you know where left and right comes from originally? Uh, oh, it's a trick question. I know the answer. I okay, you tell it. me the answer. <laughs> it comes from the French Revolution. Right. It actually comes from France, and and it's amazing how much the French political system influenced everything around the world po- politically after the French Revolution. French Revolution in their in their in what essentially is their parliament. The, the the progressives who were mostly anti-church mm. sat on the left side of the room mm-hmm. and the conservative, um, what some would consider regressives, you know, traditional value and very church-based group the, sat on the right. Yeah. And so in, in French politics, it became known as the left and the right for hundreds of years and then only in the last, you know, very modern in our lifetime, that... that Shorthand of left and right yeah. politics has gone around the world. Yeah, which is interesting because during that 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 time, um, one of the problems was is that those on the left saw the church as playing into the inequalities exactly. and the injustices in yeah. society, and it was one of I think you know and again there's one of the great failures of Christendom. It became yes. so intertwined with the the the, the with status power. quo with with the, power. with the powers that yeah. be. That it it no longer served the cause of justice. I mean, fundamental Christian values of justice um, that that wasn't present, and so so you know the French Revolution tried to kind of make that happen to themselves. Now that was a bit of a schmozzle yes. uh, in in some sense. Uh, well, in a lot of senses, in a lot of senses uh, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, but um, yeah, so so it's an interesting. So even even that divide came out of something that. Um, that was very complicated. Yes, and, and oh. so and so the result is actually something very very complicated. It, it, it always is. So I just want to. So in case we mention this in the future, and just for your own edification, the the left again painting in a very very uh, wide brush is seen as more progressive, more um, modern, more arguing for you know identity and rights of uh, you know different groups uh, around the world. The right is considered more conservative, more traditional values, is usually more religious. Again, again, I'm painting with a very wide brush here, all right? Again, this is not true all all the way across. Um, uh, Then you have what people call the centre. You know, so the centre are people who try to stand between the two and try to have the best of both worlds in, you know, in in, in the ideas of politics, right? Um, So, for example, in Australia, uh, for for anyone listening in Australia, um, we would have people considered on the right hand of politics would be people like One Nation Party, uh, the Nationals, the Nats. Uh, coming towards the centre, you've got the Liberal government, yeah. which is the government that, that r- rules federally at the moment. And then 
you've got, uh, you know, heading towards the left, you've got the Labor Party, and then heading out further left, you've got groups like the Greens and other other mm. parties like that. That's a bit of a spectrum. And again, I'm painting... Yeah, some people would contest aspects of that. But yeah, that's, that's more but, or less. Yeah, that's I'm generally... Being, I, that's I am correct, literally... Yeah. I know that we, yeah. there's a minutia here and politics. The one thing we agree about politics, it's messy and it's complicated. Yeah. So I'm being really simplistic. Yeah. This is kindergarten level. Let, let, me, let me pick up on... On uh, just one aspect of that, so it, it's with the, it's with the the, the association of the right with the, a religious, yes. you know, and, and the association of the left with non-religious. Now that's that's a modern that's a modern yeah that's more of a modern a modern kind of yes. thing um, because it's not necessary like the if if we go to let's just take it down a level to a more philosophical level yes okay so my you know I'm coming you, a little you're, bit more, yeah you're going to come at it from the yeah, philosophy so, which I love so. Um, uh, another way of characterising a right and left is that right is uh, is small government, left is big government. That's know. yes, uh, Practi- so, that's a practical side. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, you know that's right. And so, so those in the right, and, and this is what a lot of people misunderstand about um, about some of the issues that go on in American uh, politics, and that yes. you know that you know they don't want healthcare, don't want because they don't want the government putting their nose into too much. It's yes. limited government, you yes. know. And then uh, and then you've got the left where it's where it's, um, uh, you know, more government to create, uh, you know, I guess... To solve our problems. Well, well, to solve the problems that come from perhaps the vacuum, the power vacuum, that limited government, because, you know... um, And so so it's interesting that it's very, very complex. And so you get... And and I... Would you you say that while the right um, is perhaps more... uh, Leans more towards kind of, uh, kind of moral values. The left tends to lean more towards like justice issues. It depends how, again. We're now going into <laughs> definitions, but okay. but but again, in the way that I'm painting with a really broad brush, yes, because this is because this is the diff- see often see this is what happens. Yeah, I, I, and I'm. It's like the more the more I understand about politics, and and this is the important thing. It's easy. Politics is easy when you only ever study one side of the argument. Yeah, it's like oh, it's simple. 100%. Oh, you 100%. just vote this. Yeah, okay, yeah. so so there are you know like e- even a church like as there there are some people that just will always vote left. Yeah. I'm talking about Christian. Yeah, some people that will always vote right. Yes. Okay, and and that's and all power to you, right? Yeah. I come to the T intersection of left and right, mm. and the, honestly, I I, w- I want to see the best yeah. arguments. Yeah. No, I and I, I'm really wary. You know my academic training tells me to be very wary of caricatured yes. um, presentations of yep. left or right. Yep. You know, I look right and I think, and they say the leftist has all of these problems. And I think, yeah, that's kind of true. And then I go to the left and they say the right has all these problems. And I say, yeah, well, that's true also. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm looking to the left and the right and I am just think, can I go up? Like, yeah. is that... <laughs> is that <laughs> and, and, eventually, way, <laughs> and eventually we will. Eventually I will. Now, to, really quickly, and I don't want to turn this into politics 101, but I think it's important that we throw a few other other things out there in case that they do come up or in case you're talking yep. to someone about this. And if, it might it might spark a bit of interest. And I say, I say go and learn about it. Um, another school of, of um, thought when it comes to politics that is popular amongst some Christian groups. Now, mm. now I want to sort of... I want to sort of say... You know, Christians, in, you know, that's the broader sense what I've just talked about, left, right, and centre. Yeah. Christians are involved in all of that across yeah. the board, right? Then we get into some other Christian way of thinkings, uh, you know, historically and even now. One of them 
is libertarianism, the yep. idea of liberty. Now, I know that word has different connotations mm. wherever you are around the world. Yep. In the in the most classical sense of of, of the libertarianism is, is incredibly small government, i.e., you know, barely anything, yep. and ultimate freedom. The, the libertarian person says, as long as you're not hurting any other person, you should mm. be free yep. to practice whatever you want to do in your life. Yep. There's Christians who have gone, well, that sounds fantastic, and they support that. Um, uh, and there are other Christians that say, no, we want to stop people from doing these, this and this and this. Exactly. So yeah, it's a yeah. complicated thing. Take it one step further, and you have uh, what, again, you're going to have a picture of conjure in your mind. Let me just say, don't conjure that picture in your mind as soon as I say this word. You have anarchy or you know, anarcho you know, type of thought. Yeah. Uh, anarchy it means no government. Like right. let's let's get rid of the government completely, and everyone goes. What is there chaos in the street? And anarchy goes. The the real true political anarchist says, "Well, no, man man is good enough, and we'll look after ourselves." You know, very much. You know, like uh, optimistic. And yeah, and it's it's a little bit optimistic, but it's ultimate freedom, ultimate looking after mm. yourself. We will work it out. Man will work it out, and if mm. we don't, you know, well, there's going to be trouble in the street. I'm getting. I'm painting with a very wide brush here now. There is an, when we're thinking of Christian's way of thinking, uh, we go back to um, what is what came out of historically what came out of groups like the Anabaptist group, yeah. um, which is believing, and we go right back to what we were talking about yeah. right at the beginning. There's two kingdoms. We live in a kingdom of of God. There's a Christ kingdom, mm. but we are living in this realm, this earthly realm of an earthly kingdom. Yeah. So therefore. Politics, you know, exists in the earthly realm, yeah. and we are involved in the godly realm. We have divorced the two. Yeah, that, that's so. That that's part. If I can just plot yep. that, yes. Um, Anabaptists, and and I think just uh, I'd want to broaden that a, a little bit yes. to all elements of what's known as the Radical Reformation. So what happened in? Uh, so let's picture Europe. You've got Christendom yes. reigning supreme, Catholic Church. Yes. Uh, are crowning the kings of Europe and yes. so forth. The Pope is the Holy the Pope Roman is, Empire, yes, yes. Emperor and the Holy Roman Empire and so forth. Now, what happens? The Reformation kind of divides the empire and suddenly you've got this Protestant movement, okay, yes. uh, following the Lutheran Reformation. But essentially what you get there is princes making the decision, now our state is going to be Protestant instead of Catholic, okay? Yes. That was kind of where the reformation where was from. but you had a radical reformation that said actually no um we the church should be free from the fetters of government yeah uh it should be free from the fe- governments kings should not control the church yes and so this is where you have the non-conformist like i mean baptists not just anabaptists but english baptists yes. english and, baptists and- is where actually the Australian Baptists come from yeah and 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 if you take it to its some of its more um you know mm-hmm. To paint a really visible yeah. picture in your mind, think of the Mennonites or in America or the Amish, you know, the Amish yeah. people who are totally removed from... Pol- yeah. Like they're going to live right. off the grid. Right. They're going to do their own thing. You city people, worldly right. people over there, we're about yeah. the kingdom of God. So so movements like the Pietist movement, yes. uh, the Mennonites, and, and these were the kind of revival movements. You know, mm. let's uh, really... And, and, you know, they it's... The first missionaries came from these movements. Uh, you know, um, John Wesley, for example, was converted yeah. uh, sort of in, in a pietist kind of context. Um, he was very much, even though it was sort of kind of Church of England, but very much 
came out of that, but very much non-conformist, you know, yes. set up the Wesleyan church. So, so interesting, this is the interesting thing. Yep. That is the roots of what we now call evangelicalism. That's my next, my next yeah, yeah. point. So, so to, let me, to, let me just talk that. about those roots, yeah. okay? So the roots of evangelicalism are basically in that non-conformist movement. You know what I mean? We, we, the, the church should not be under the control of, of the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, all of the revival, the Great Awakening, the, really the roots of yeah. um, evangelicalism are in the Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening. The, Scottish, great the Scottish, the revivals that happened That's in right, Scotland yeah. and in, yeah, all around yeah. that. And so, yeah. so these, these were movements, uh, you know, this is when the, the Christian movement freed, I would say, and it's really interesting actually because um, uh, historians mark the end of Christendom in the 1700s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the the rise of the so-called enlightenment in inverted commas, I deliberately put that in inverted commas yeah. uh, because for a number of reasons uh, there were there were good things that came out of it. But anyway, yeah. it, so but this is this is when you know and the remember the French Revolution is at the yes. end of you know breaking the power of the church and so this reaction Around against the world. against Christendom and and the the breaking down of Christendom yep. occurs in the 1700s. Now what else is happening in the 1700s? One of the greatest revivals, yes. you know, that that had, that had hit the world at yep. the same time. Yep. So you've got Christendom breaking down, and Christianity is just breaking out. Yeah, along and again, there's great things. Bibles are being translated into everyday language. Yeah, that's they're right. getting they're getting published. You've got the missions are, movement, yes. beginning of the missions movement at, yep. the, at the sort of end of the. Well, I mean, the Pietists really uh, really stoked that fire in the 1700s. But you know, in the 1800s, you've got the mission movement goes worldwide. Yep. Um, and and you know and the rest is history. So mm. so you get this this evangelical movement, which today, um, according to uh, Rodney Stark and and in his book 2015 book, where he, where he actually gets hold of a whole lot of statistics all around the world, and I think as a sociologist reads those really well. Yes, um, identifies um, evangelicalism as the fastest growing movement christian movement yeah. uh, fastest growing religious movement in the world yes so when when you read and, and I, I this is a point i've made before and i'm going to make again when we read the statistics mm-hmm. okay uh that see christian you know that the, those when we get our sense you know that we do the census and and you and we see this the christian statistics go down okay mm-hmm. and the papers say christianity is in decline christianity is yes. in decline no actually what is in decline is christendom mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so you know, in 1901, whatever, when that census happened, uh, it was kind of over 90% of people ticked the Christian box because they're in a Christian country. That's yeah. what, you know, that's what you do. Uh, we, this is still kind of Christendom is still uh, in place here yeah. even then. Um, and so, you know, you're brought up in a, you call yourself a Christian. It's what we call nominal Christianity. Yeah. Now, what is decline? According to Stark, that has been in decline and he points out, I think, very validly that that has led to an explosion of Christianity, that that actually, that Christianity is actually aided by that kind yes. of the decline of Christendom. And, that, and that's where we, what we're defining as true Christianity. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so that actually, even though statistics, while the papers are saying Christianity decline, mm. actually um, evangelical Christianity is, is growing and growing and growing. Mm. 
But here's, and here I think is the threat because the more this movement grows, it becomes more powerful. And so you get a kind of this temptation to repeat what happened Mm. in the fourth century, okay, where you get Christianity spread throughout the empire. Even Even the emperor thinks... Gee, I need to get with those Christians yeah. uh, because they're going to help give me power, yeah. you know. And so he plays to the Christians. Does that sound like <laughs> like uh, modern politics? Yes. Um, so, so I, th- there's always this danger because we are, you know, it's it's a big worldwide movement, and mm-hmm. there's always this temptation now. Where I think we're right at this point, where is that where there is this temptation to seize worldly power mm. and to think that we are going to fulfill the mission of G- Jesus by through w- the means of worldly power you you have you have uh, I knew we knew we were going to get here this is a great place to take a break you've you've you, you haven't seen my notes here but you've worked okay. perfectly to it Matt as per usual this is great we need to break down exactly where you've brought us to the point of now. Yeah. This is where we need to break down a little bit more when it comes to yeah. politics and, and the church. Yeah. Yeah. This is where we need to get into. Let's do this in the last half of this uh, of this episode. Let's take a quick break, have a breather, keep on listening to the break. I don't often say this. Keep on listening to the break. I'm going to give you a really fantastic opportunity to get something for free. That's right, get something for free. So keep on listening. We'll be back in just a moment on Thrive Perspectives. Your old buddy, your old pal DJ Payne here, and I interrupt this scintillating perspectives on politics to let you know about something for free that we here, the team at Thrive, want to give to you. Now, I know that a lot of people listen to this podcast and to Deeper, but they don't actually subscribe to the Thrive Daily Reading Guide. And you might be listening to this podcast and you don't know about it. That's fine. Let me tell you about the Thrive Daily Reading Guide is a little booklet that is written by our very own Matt Jacoby. It is a daily reading guide that takes you through the Bible. Takes you through the entire Bible in seven years. Around about there. So we would love to give you a copy of the Thrive Daily Reading Guide, the current issue, for free. It comes out four times a year, so it covers three months. And it's a little reading guide that you can keep with your physical Bible, or you can get an electronic copy that you can have on your device. Now, all you need to do, head over to thrivetoday.tv. That's thrivetoday.tv. Scroll down to the very bottom of that front page, and you'll see a little image there of the booklet And it says, subscribe to the Thrive Daily Reading Guide, learn more. Hit that learn more button and that'll take you to our shop. Our shop there and you've got all the different, uh, you know, uh, packages that you can get for Thrive. And you're looking for the Thrive current issue, physical or ebook. It's the first option right there. Thrive current issue, physical or ebook. If you click on that, it'll tell you about our November right now, November 2020 to January 2021 around the Gospel of Luke, the Son of Man, 
for uh, this current issue. So if you select that book and add it to your cart, it'll give you three different options. You can either pick a physical booklet copy or an electronic ebook Kindle or ebook EPUB. All right, now if you're an electronic book reader, you know the difference between the two. Uh, and you can select one of those. Now, here's where I need to get a bit finicky with you. If you live within Australia, you can select any one of those. But if you live outside of Australia, please only select one of the electronic copies. If you live outside of Australia, we can't send you a physical booklet. We want to give you one of the electronic versions for free. And it's exactly the same, just in a different format. So select one of those, and then as you check out, then when you go to checkout, use the coupon code, select that you've got a coupon code, and you click there to enter, and you can use the coupon code PERSPECTIVES. If you enter that coupon code of PERSPECTIVES, you'll get it 100% for free. That's right, we want to send you a copy for free while stocks last. We're going to be doing that for about another week or so, another week or so. So if you're hearing about this for the first time, great. Get on it. Get your very own copy of the Thrive Daily Reading Guide sent to you for free. That's our gift. Consider that our Christmas present to you, okay? All right, well, that's enough of how to get that. We would love to see you over at thrivetoday.tv. If you've got any issues in getting one, please send us a message via the website. We'll help you out. All right, let's get back into this episode of Perspectives, Politics Part 2. Let's wrap it up and bring it home. Perspectives, DJ and Matt, this is Politics Part 2. Now, where we just left it, Matt, it seems like we've almost gone full circle. We've talked about mm. Christendom yep. as far as a political movement, when everybody's a Christian, who is a Christian, if the yep. government is all Christian, all that type of stuff. And you, you've brought up a phrase, and you've said it before on, on, on both podcasts, you've said it a few times, and it's something that we've brought up over the years, defining different words but it seems like the word evangelical mm. now is a little bit pointy for some people in the way they define because it's got a political meaning. Yeah, it's it's a, a, a it's like a political lobby group. Yeah, uh, in in sort of popular usage, yes. I think when a lot of people uh, hear the word evangelicals, um, now look, it's just a word, but it's interesting how what used to refer to essentially a remarkable revival movement. Yeah of something that was happening by the power of God is now seen as this politicized entity. Yeah. Yeah. And And, and and I, I think that's a tragedy. And and I, I agree with, I agree with you. And this is why, you know, the study of language and what words mean and how culture shifts them is so fascinating. Um, I've got a dear friend who for years would you know who, who's an, who's an you know an atheist uh, you know feminist uh, communist you know all the is all the isms yeah. and we are we love one another we love spend, spending time with each other we argue constantly in a most mm. loving and loving way and she will always call me you know uh, you know you you filthy Christian you you horrible man you know it's an you, interesting relationship it is an interesting <laughs> relationship and she will often throw there and the most disgusting word she could think to call me is like you evangelical. 
Like that for years, right. that's been like a, 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 yeah. a horrible, yeah. a horrible, damning word for her. Because in her mind, uh, and in a lot of people's minds now, we we have seen you know from the eighties and the Reagan era in politics yeah. uh, in America, and it's and it's spread around the world, and it's 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 spread to here as well. Um, the uh, you know this this idea of yeah. the evangelical right, yeah. the the Christian right. Um, yeah. You know, and and that that they have got this idea of, uh, and there's a few different ways of describing it, but it's basically saying the evangelical right needs to get back involved in politics. Christians need to get back involved in the very highest levels of government to legislate morality, to legislate Christian you know belief, and 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 empower. Now that's. That's one side of looking at the cynic looks at it mm. and says, well, the reason why politicians appeal to the evangelicals mm. is to motivate a powerful base that actually yeah. gets out there and votes. Yeah. I think there's truth on both sides of the yeah. side, And, and, side and of the let toilet. me say, I, I would love to see more Christians get involved. Get, I, I want to see Christians in all levels of life. Yes. And, uh, and including in politics. Yeah. I, I think Christian influence there is, is great. So, uh, the, the the problem is is when uh, politics or, or political systems are seen as a tool of making um, and and this is the you know of of enforcing our values on our society yes. now I mean this is where the um, the resentment builds up because the the resentment towards you know evangelicals mm. um, on the part of uh, of non Christians particularly those on the left is often this idea that you are trying to force your values onto me mm. and and all of this talk about well right and wrong it's it it doesn't make sense until someone shares our worldview right yeah all our talk about what's right and wrong mm. i mean uh, they, they said well that's not i i, I, I don't just, believe that yeah i don't believe that yeah. and of course they're not going to believe it until they share their worldview and they're not going to share our worldview unless they have a transforming encounter with jesus christ yeah okay? yeah so um so th- that's where that's where front-loading political discussions and and uh, th- and that's this is the tragedy of the church, the church being known for political, this kind of political conversation and trying to push values and well, it, it becomes unintelligible because um, our values don't make sense. Mm. Uh, what the world can understand is us, um, uh, is us reaching out and demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ. Mm. And even though, see, even though the gospel is, there's an offensive core to the gospel, you know, because it it lays claim. It's like that, let's not cause offense. It's like the gospel. Is offense enough. It's offense enough. Let let that be what they're offended of. And yet, remember, it's the gospel that is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. Like Paul, you know, says, look, I get it. It's, it's, and when he says offensive, uh, he means offensive in the sense that it lays absolute claim to people's lives, mm. and yeah. that's kind of that that's kind jarring. of offensive. Yeah, that's jarring. Um, uh, but it's it's a message of God's love through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and we need to embody that love. It's a message of grace. We need to embody that grace. Yeah. And I'm I'm not sure if that is always well demonstrated by the church in political. 
uh, in political conversations. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really tricky one, and um, there's a, this is such a nuanced, complicated discussion now yeah. when we're getting into into this. But um, I want to I want to take what you've just said there, Matthew, and sort of expand on a little bit. And one last movement that I want to talk yeah. to when it comes to we've looked at that evangelical, you know, the political yeah. meaning of that word, and and. I want I want to sort of look at one one last movement, and I want to ask you a very pointy question. So let me let me set it up. One other side of politics and Christianity, you know, is is this idea of the kingdom of God now on earth. And again, mm. it, it's that it's that old has it sort yep. of harkens back to that Christendom idea. Yep. But this dominion theology, you know, which is a damning phrase from some and some mm. people just disagree that there's even people out there that that would argue this but there's a school of theology and it's come from a few different streams but it seems today to very you know to 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 resonate amongst a more charismatic pentecostal side of side mm. of the coin where we are called to be God's image bearers here, what we say on earth and decree happens and we are the kingdom of God mm. now. We are to dominion. You know, God gave Adam and Eve the dominion over the earth. We are sustaining that. Mm. We are, you know, it's 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 a very powerful, sometimes it can be quite militant yep. in the way that it's expressed. There's an idea that, that the church should be getting involved in these political discussions for this purpose of bringing the kingdom of God Onto Earth now, and we even sing some like there's popular songs that sort of ha, sort of have connotations of mm. this that God is moving on Earth now, the presence of God is here now, and 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 for some of the people involved in that movement, it's very much a political idea, and I know that even from a uh, if we go back a couple of generations, a, a more um, you know, let me even say, like a more Presbyterian or Anglican or even Reformed view of eschatology mm-hmm. was, you know, an amillennial view that the kingdom, the church sort of eventually becomes the kingdom of God on earth and then Jesus comes down, right? Yep. I'm, again, I'm being very shorthanded here. Yeah. My question, I throw all of that out to you to say, because I really do think it shapes politics, how you view politics today yep. as a Christian. I personally believe, you know, that that I think that the world is broken. Yeah, the church is broken. The 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 politics is broken. There will be no such time of of the kingdom being ushered in down here. It has to come from yeah. God from above. Yeah, I think that's probably more post millennialism. What you what you're describing. Just to be yeah. uh, now now okay. Let, let me just go back because there's the, I, I want to retrieve some. This is the thing. Um, I want to retrieve some things from what you just said because th- there's a lot that's valid in a lot of those aspirations. Yes. You know, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Yeah. Now, um, the fullness of the kingdom will not be brought to earth until the king comes. Amen. However, you know, the church is is an instrument of the coming of God's kingdom into people's lives, right? Um, you know, uh, when I became a Christian, I was brought into the kingdom, and so the kingdom grows you know, with every person that gets brought under the kingship it's of the Jesus Christ. Seed. It's the mustard seed, it's right? Mustard seed. So Amen. the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm. That's what Jesus said, right? Yeah. The kingdom of God is at hand and spreading through the dough. Yes. And 
and when Jesus returns, I mean, you know, he says in the parable of the weeds and the wheat, mm. okay, the wheat that represents the kingdom of God is going to come to full fruition. Yep. Okay, but here's the thing. So are the weeds. Yes. And it's all mixed together. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, so yes, in this age, there will be a coming to fruition of the kingdom, but it's all mixed in. And, and this is God's people, embodied in God's people. But the system... This is important. The system is still going to be fundamentally corrupt. Okay. Now, look at where Revelation goes, right? Yeah. You get the full fruition of, of the kingdom of God. You know, you get God's people. You know, the, isn't Revelation is all about the church, you know, the victory of, you know, of the church. And yet, in the political system, it's the Antichrist yeah. you know, ruling yeah. in the end. Yeah. Uh, so you get this polarization effect that is pictured in Jesus' parable of the, the wheat yes. coming to full fruition. Hey, but the weeds also come to full fruition. Yeah. What does Jesus say? Don't try to weed out everything. Mm. That happens at the end of the age. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, so the world system isn't going to be, this is important, the world system isn't going to be fixed as such okay. until Jesus returns. I think that's what you were, that, that's what you were getting to because, because the fact is, is that, and, and again, I, I want to uh, sound some balancing because this doesn't mean that we, that we don't wish that, you know, we have just and fair political systems and so forth. Yes. We'll talk to that in a moment. Yeah. But this aspiration... Uh, to um, sort of take over the political systems and kind of fix the political system in this age. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, um, th- there are, there are aspects of that that I think are valid, but overall, let's just recognise that in the Book of Revelation, we we end up with the world system being completely yeah uh, um, anti-Christian. I, I in the I, end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so so, so that's. And there's a, the, the reason the reason why I say that the reason why I say that I bring that up because I, I know a lot of people are listening, and I think there's a there's a problem on either end of the spectrum. You yeah. know, I grew up in a in a in a in a worldview that the ship is sinking. Yeah. Don't why 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 are you rearranging the chairs on the Titanic? Yeah, yeah. It's sinking. Yeah. Let it go down. Yeah. You know, type of thing. The Christian worldview of, hey, it's all going to burn, baby. It's all going to burn. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> even, you know, be, you know, tell people about Jesus because we're, now, I, there's still something, yeah, be- yeah, yeah. There's, there's something, something beautiful about, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, you know, the Jesus people movement, a lot of the, um, a lot of the charismatic Pentecostal revivals came out of those movements. Yeah, that's though, right. Things yeah, like yeah. that. On the other hand of things, it's this idea that, um, a very much more Calvinistic sort of view that what will be will be. Uh, we the church eventually will grow and grow and grow to the place where we we, we will be the kingdom of God. And yeah, I'm everything- not. I'm not sure if that's. I'm not sure if that's necessarily Calvinistic, but but it's a. I know what you. I think again <laughs> yeah, yeah. for for some for some. Uh, but there seems now there seems to be really heavy now this this kingdom now and it's coming. I can be straight up honest. It's definitely coming out of America. Australia, for some in Australia, it's following suit. Um, it's it's in Africa. It's in different nations. Yeah, we take over the government and and all, all that stuff. Yeah, like and it's coming out of the charis- It's coming out of that real heavy charismatic Pentecostal movement. I really, I I reckon I reckon oh. it's there as much in the kind of conservative Southern Baptist kind of right. Sort of, but uh, no, no, they, right. no. They're very much more let the sink, let, let the ship sink. You know, in the days of okay. Noah, things right. are going to get worse and worse and worse, and that's what we're seeing. Whereas. I I, I've, I can show you popular. I can't believe I'm even saying this, but I didn't realise we were going to go here on this episode. <laughs> popular um, 
uh, prophets and prophetesses in the charismatic, in, uh, you know, Pentecostal movement in America, in Australia, and they are literally saying, you know, I showed one to my wife recently, and she couldn't believe that there was such a thing. Uh, you know, a woman stood up in front of a very big congregation in America and started speaking in the voice of Jesus Christ and saying that I see Donald Trump with the angels and there's an American flag and God is, you know, and Trump is spoken about in the Bible as the trumpet of God. And we are seeing that. And, and straight away, whether you like Trump or not, you mm. you should be scared like crazy that someone is doing that in mm. the church. Uh, it would be the same if they stood up and said anything mm. about the mm. other side of mm. politics, you know. So I, I guess I'm saying that for some out there, and I know that we have people yeah. listening right now yeah. who, whether they're for, you know, in American politics, Trump or Biden, whether they're here in Australia going for Labor, Liberal, whatever, they really believe that their Christian worldview and their 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 um, church is, we should be speaking out on this and we should be taking a stand and God yeah. is letting us know that this is the way forward. Yeah, okay. Well, let's let's talk about that because I think that's a good, uh, that's a good topic, uh, actually, because this is what I hear. So, so I think, I think we've... I think we've created enough of a framework. This, I think this yeah. discussion is about opening up this whole topic Amen. and trying to bring the bigger perspective, okay, and, and questioning perhaps things that people take for granted. One of the things that people take for granted that I, I really want to call into question mm. is that this is right or this is wrong, therefore, like let's say this behavior is wrong, yeah. therefore it needs to be against the law. Yes. Now, in some senses, yes, I would hope that that would be the case. Yeah. But where do you draw that line? You know what I mean? So, for example, I, as I've said at the start, I think the most wrong thing is uh, is not yielding to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, yeah, amen, right? Amen. Okay, so I think it's wrong not to, right? So do we legislate that? Yeah. Well, no. I, and, and again, I've cited mm. examples of history where that has been legislated. Yeah, yeah. And actually the Christian, you know, it's just... the Historically, it doesn't work. It's a disaster, It right? does not work. You, you just can't enforce it. Mm. So... So the and this is in often political discussions, Christians jump from this is right. Therefore, I, my view is right at a values level. Therefore, it needs to be legislated, mm. and they cannot see why the one would not lead to the other. Mm, mm, mm. And we we need to see that it's not an automatic flow. Like sometimes it it you know because we think that you know th- I mean I think Christian values are what uh, aid human well-being and flourishing, okay? Mm. Yeah, amen. So so, in, so I think Christian values should inform our political processes yes. uh, because I think we will flourish as, as people or, or it'll be better for us as people. Yeah. But even, even, even in that context though, where, okay, we, I mean, that doesn't mean everyone's going to agree with us. Yeah. Uh, just because you... Um, just because you enforce this by law, it doesn't mean people are going to believe it or recognize it. Yeah, is it? You no, know? no. So, so there, there's the complexity, and so I just want to call into question that that flow on from this is what I believe to be the case. Therefore, it should be enshrined in law. Yeah. Um. Uh, this. I, and and yeah. let me. And I'm. I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw two wildly hot potatoes in here. Okay, go. Now, and I don't want you to speak to the actual hot potatoes yourself, yeah, yeah. but people are thinking, okay, Matt, that's fine to say, you know, you're not going to legislate, you know, people and God, of course, okay. Yeah. But what about this issue or that issue? Now, for the left, and again, I'm painting with a very yeah, yeah, wide yeah. brush, 
they are, a lot of people on the left hands of politics are saying, well, Matthew, the church needs to stand up and take a stand on climate change. Climate change is the mm-hmm. most important issue facing the world today. Christians need to be all across it. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, massive hot potato there. On the right hand side of politics, Christians and pastors, you know, they're they're expected to stand up and say abortion is the most crucial thing in the world today. We need to be taking a stand and fighting against this and da 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 da, like. Both both mindsets, it can be a really one issue a worldview that they have that causes them to vote a certain way, yeah. and they want the church to stand and say yeah. to that. Yeah. Now I know that Good you're examples. a past, you're a pastor of a of a very large well for Australia a large church, mm. and we have a diverse amount of people with yeah, a diverse yep. amount of people be- with beliefs and backgrounds. Yep. You well, must get that all the time. Yeah, this, I mean, look, and, and, and I, I think both of those issues are very serious issues. Okay, yes. so I, you know, I, I, yes, okay. And I'm not throwing them out yeah, for you to speak yeah, to I know, those so issues. I'm not going to speak yeah. to those, but but this is this is the thing. I, I, you know, I'll have people, and, and our church is pretty split between right and left, yes. you know. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I'll get people that, that say, you know, are we as a church going to stand up for this on the right, right? Yeah. Or then you've got the left. Are we as a church going to stand up for this? And if if we don't explicitly, then we I, we get accused as leaders of not having the courage, yeah. or you don't have the courage to stand up for this or to stand up for that. But, I shouldn't be laughing. Here, I'm sorry. You know what? What I it's not a matter of courage; it's a matter of, of wisdom and the recognition that both of those issues, and they're, they're good examples, all right. Both yeah. of those issues come down to a much deeper spiritual issue. Yeah. I don't think that. Okay. Policy, and, and again, I, I think that both those issues are very, very important issues, and 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 I you know I keep both those issues, which is difficult, is what makes politics so hard. It's I try to keep both those issues uh, in mind. But the thing is, is that neither of those issues is ever going to be solved in a poli- I believe in a political realm because yeah. both of those issues come down to the fundamental corruptness of human nature. I, I- well said. Uh, like really. Well said. You know, and and that that actually is is being recognised um, by people on the extreme left, like um, who who I have followed, who recognise actually that what has led to uh, the um, destruction of the environment is actually the whole world system, and I fundamentally say. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think because that that, that actually because we have we have messed it up. What leads to uh, people destroying their own young mm. is the fundamental corruptness of everything and yeah. in human nature, right? Human nature. That's it's it. been and so like uh, and this those it, this is what happens, right? Those issues bring me back to the fact mm. that we. This world needs Jesus. Mm. This world needs more of the power of the Holy Spirit until people's lives are actually changed and their lifestyles change and their priorities change. And, you know, on, you know, on the one hand, you know, until human greed and is, is curbed or, or, you know, human uh, self-sabotage and self-destruction mm. is curbed, until these, um, these elements of human nature are dealt with... Yeah. Though these problems are going to be ongoing problems, and no political system is going to ultimately solve those problems. Amen. This, you know, and this is interesting because uh, w- this is why 
we need to keep pointing to the main thing, you know. And the, the, he would. This is what would happen, right? If I, if 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 I step down from that from that higher high calling, that high calling, yeah, and and really started to lean either to the left or the right. For a start, it would split the church, right? Yes. I, I would. It would. The church would end up an absolute political squabbling ground. Yes, our power to impact, like. Let's say I leaned, we, we, as a church, we took a strong stand on the right. We would alienate everyone in our culture, everyone on the left, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, because they would think, oh, so you're basically a right-wing political group, so, yes. I, so I have no place. Or let's say we stood on the left, right? And then you've got all the people on the right that we're alienating. Yep. No, no, no. We, we actually need to be take but, a step higher than that and show, this is what the thing, we need to demonstrate as a church that we can exist with political differences but united at a higher plane That's and united the under that the mission the of pow- Jesus. That is the power. This is where, I mean, and this is interesting because you and I have had so many heated discussions over politics. Yeah. And yet we are so fundamentally united yes. as two uh, friends and brothers in the Lord. We are so united, so fixated on this very fact yes. that only Jesus and only the gospel is going to solve the fundamental problems of this world. Amen. Those political differences that we might have, they are, they are not even barely on the map. Yeah. In yeah. terms of what really ma- thing, yes. yeah, what really matters. Yes. I mean, as pa- like, again, we don't want to say, and again, if we're talking about a political issue that is passionate for you, we don't want you, yeah. want you to think that we don't think it matters. Obviously, these things do matter. Yeah, we're em- I'm trying to emphasize something. But but, here, but, yeah. but like I said before, like I like the really bad illustration I gave before. Here's a list of what's really important to me when I'm going to the polling booth. Uh, you know, these are the issues that are really important to me. Well, that list, as good and as proper as that is, and as much as you have prayed over it and is important in your life, Jesus and the gospel and the kingdom isn't even on the list. It's way bigger than yeah, all of it. That's right. And yeah. that's why, you know, we should be able to, as family and friends who name the name of Christ, be able to heartily, respectfully, and oftentimes passionately disagree and argue different points. But we need to be able to come back and with in love yeah. and be able to say, yeah. So yeah, you that's know, right. Th- this is the most important yeah, thing. Exactly. Got the gospel. Exactly. And what, one of the other things that I that I get a lot is is people saying that I, as a pastor, should be telling, should be um, uh, giving people direction yeah. on how to vote. Well, yeah. I mean, essentially, here's, here's Matthew's how to vote card. Yeah. You know? Now, what I what I will do is give very clear direction on Christian values. Okay. Yeah. These are Christian values. This is Christian ethics. Yeah. This is what we believe. I will do that. Or yeah. you know, and. Um, uh, but how that works out politically is a, is that's a, that's another big step, okay? And that's very very complicated. Now, and the problem is is because people don't see the line that's crossed from I believe I hold these values to be true to therefore I think this should be enshrined in legislation. Yeah. Um, people don't see a difference between those two issues, so therefore. By by me as a pastor not saying you should vote this way, yeah. they're thinking I'm being wishy washy about my values. But yeah. no, no, no. I, that, that's what what I'm uh, what I'm prepared to do as a pastor is be very very clear on Christian values. Mm. Uh, but I also want to be clear on the fact that that doesn't automatically translate into a certain political direction. Amen. Not automatically. No. You know. No. And um, and 
you know, I think that can inform things. But there are plenty, again, I come back to the fact there are plenty of things that I think that are right and wrong that I actually don't want to be enshrined in law. Because I I, I want to live in a society... Give us an example. Besides, you know, Jesus, you know, besides, you know, the claims of Jesus on our life... Yeah. Give us another practical example that that will stop make people stop and go oh okay so, so for, for example because I think it's a really important times point in in history okay where homosexuality has been outlawed yeah now uh, it, let's say that was up for you know should we outlaw that yeah um, now yeah. okay now this comes you know I'm going to refer um, because this is a really hot button oh, kind of issue and, and, I, and I realize now. There is no way that I would ever want that. I would ever want any form of anything like that to mm. be outlawed as such because, yes. um, you know, it's like, well, um, adultery is as big a uh, issue. Yeah. There, there are forms of heteros... I mean, because I fundamentally, fundamentally believe all sexuality is broken. I'm going to refer back to the episode that we did on sexuality. Yes. Uh, all sexuality is broken, yeah. okay? So do we outlaw... Um, you know, uh, do we outlaw adultery? You can go to jail if you really. Is that we? Do we really want to do? I mean, what? Yep. So, so, what I'm saying is, it's really complicated, mm-hmm. and and I think um, the step from I I believe this to therefore I believe that this should be the law. It's not an automatic step. We need to be very very careful because um, otherwise, again. Remember, the most wrong thing is not recognizing Jesus Christ as Lord. Yeah. Well, are we going to have that enshrined in law? Yeah. Uh, no, I would not want that to be because I see. I I want to live in a society. It's 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 the same thing as a parent. I think I, I want to. I want my children to have the freedom to not believe, so that they will believe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I I want them to have, now. Um, uh. But at the same time, I put boundaries in place so that my children don't hurt each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is where politics gets complicated, isn't it? Yeah. Because we want to create a society that is just, uh, that prevents people from being from hurting each other. Mm-hmm. From, and this is where all the debate is, okay? And and this is where I don't have simple answers. If if you think that politics is simple, Oof. If you think that the, oh, oh, well, we believe this, so therefore that should be put in law. Like, mm. it's just as simple as that. Oh, man, I, I really don't think you understand politics mm. Mm. Uh, and the complexities uh, involved. Now, in some cases, um, you know, there, there are forms of behavior that I, that I think um, need to be considered in legislation because of the effect that it has, mm. you know, that, that there, you know... A, transgresses people's rights and and uh, safety and yes. so forth. Even that, though, is is often complicated and the kinds of issues that get thrown around are very complicated. So what I what I don't want to do right now is pres- is give pat answers. This is, I think, one, one being the problem is yeah. giving simplistic answers to really complex issues. Um, and the idea that I'm a Christian, therefore I vote this way, I just think... <laughs> No, no, you just can't. You can't do that. And and if if you are thinking like that, then probably you probably don't know enough about politics. It's just more complex than that. Yeah. Now, now I know. I know you have convictions that will just immediately cause you to vote uh, a certain to, way. Y- y- to vote a certain way. Yeah. But 
but you also recognise the complexities. It's uh, it's your your that that yeah. decision is on the other side of you understanding a whole lot of complexities, and I can respect that. And and even my decision to vote a certain way is understanding that it's a, an incredible compromise. You know, it's not a solution. It's not a solution. Well, that's to what- an interesting that's an interesting uh, idea, isn't it? Because yeah. no matter where you vote, there's always a high degree of compromise. Yeah. Because your 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 vote is based on this policy, but there's also a lot of other because because no no political system oh, is perfect. No, okay, so no. there's always this high degree of compromise, and it becomes a matter of which are the most important things and yep. what am I willing to compromise for the sake of that? And some people think, well, I'm willing to compromise this for that mm. and other people that for this and so forth. And hence you get uh, the political disagreements between Christians. Yeah. And and, and let's leave it this. We're, right, we've, we're over yep. time. We're over time on this episode. I personally think we're going to have politics part three in two weeks' time. We'll, we'll go away and debate I don't that. know about that. If you want to see that happen, please let us know. If you've got a particular question or you want Matt and I to cover something that we haven't talked about around politics, please let us know. Um, we, we're not going to get into the weeds of particular policies or people or personalities or parties, but if there's bigger principle or principles or Bible verses or, or passages or historical movements that you would love us to, to speak to, please let us know. But I want to leave uh, Matt. I, I don't know where you want to leave everybody on at the end of this episode. But I, what I, what I want to leave people is a challenge to be gracious, mm-hmm. a challenge to be forgiving, a challenge. I, I believe one of the greatest superpowers that God has given us as human beings is the power of giving people a second chance, Mm. the power of giving people the benefit of the doubt, the power of saying, listen, I didn't agree with you about this, but I still want to hear you out on what you think. And and if we can display that with our family and friends around politics, I think think we're displaying something of of God's very nature. That's right. It's our relationships are more important, you know, and I, I, I would love to see more, uh, discussions that are, you know, um, respectful, that don't caricature the other side, that where, where people don't assume that they know everything and it's just really simple and why die? I just can't understand why you won't just vote. Like, well, yes, if you don't understand, then you don't understand. And, and have the humility, yeah. you know, have the humility to learn from people who see things differently to you. Um, I benefit from that, you know, as I said, we have lots of discussions. I benefit from from people who think differently. I actually lean into those things because I understand this is a very complex issue, and I'm never ever going to see things. Uh, I'm never going to see things, um, uh, you know, in in all like uh, in all truth, and and I'm always going to see part of the picture. And so, have humility. Be respectful, be loving. Wouldn't it be great where we can talk about these things in this way and not get so heated that we're willing to divide from each other over this issue when we have something under which we can be united that is so vastly more important uh, that if honestly, if we allow ourselves to be divided over this issue, we have lost the side of the main thing. And I think the most important thing is that we continue to allow the main thing to be the main thing. Thanks for listening to Thrive Perspectives. We want to hear from you, so send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. 
You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production. <laughs>